and that we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of pure frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too, collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory networks. You know what? Hello everybody, welcome to um, our final episode of season three of Sensory Matters and I'm joined this morning by Lorraine and Joel. Hey. Hello. So this is our final episode and kind of concluding the theme around Autism Awareness Month, Week, Day. We've spoken in the last few episodes about acceptance and awareness and today we're focusing on the topic of knowledge. Now, Joel's the, the, the guy that's got all the theories on this, so we're going to start with Joel. Explain what you mean, please. So, um, as we said last week, uh, autism awareness is being aware of autism and what it is and what it means in a general sense. Then autism acceptance is, okay, we understand, so we're going to put things in place like quiet days, blah, blah, blah. And then... Mm -hmm. Autism knowledge is kind of um, autistic people being fully integrated into society in a way where all the supermarkets would be at a reasonable volume for neurotypical people and autistic people all the time. And there wouldn't need to be separate days or separate hours for them to shop or them to go to the cinema or whatever. Okay, so where, where are we? on that journey are we anywhere close well as i said it's going to constantly change and you need autism awareness autism acceptance and autism knowledge all sort of running running parallel yeah. for it to work so i don't know if we'd ever fully get there but yeah i mean i think what for... we need to do is let me think about how i want to say this I think the autism hours in supermarkets and like the cinema, sensory cinema screenings are a good start, mm -hmm. but it's been long enough that I think they should now expand that past just one hour or one showing Okay. to maybe two or three a week. Okay. Because yep. um, that way um, we're getting closer to neurotypical people kind of getting used to uh inverted commas normal not overwhelming um environment that they used to okay yeah and i think with the cinema we don't go to autism friendly screenings because if jamie wants to go to the cinema it's something that we've been waiting for for months and months and months yeah. the minute it comes out we have to go to that first showing so why not have an autism-friendly screening as a premiere rather than waiting until everybody's seen it, it's been on for weeks, and then all of a sudden there's an autism-friendly screening. And it's always kids' films as well. Yeah, and we always have to wait if we want to go to one of those. Okay. So it's about, so the knowledge is really about organisations and places having the knowledge to be able to equalise whatever service they're offering for everybody. Yep. Okay. And the way that they do that is by 
again talking to autistic people and going rather than just giving them an hour which kind of feels like in my opinion you guys might disagree oh here you go have this and now we're doing autism awareness and doing acceptance because we're giving you this little thing talking to autistic people and actually making like a proper difference Mm -hmm. and making it accessible where it's not just like at nine in the morning to go to the supermarket or on a Sunday to go to the cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I see so with I like some of your theories that you've said about um if the lights are at ten, why not bring the yeah. lights around to so I I think that sort of stuff so that all of the time everybody can be included. But I have to say when it comes to the cinema, um I wish they would do an, an autism friendly screening as a premiere because even if they had a, if they had a show that everybody went to and they were aware that there was going to be autistic people in there, if Jamie goes to the cinema to watch something, Jamie is happy, flappy, noisy, excited, facts are coming out, she's talking. So I can completely understand why people would get frustrated with that in a normal cinema screening. Yeah. Yeah. Which is no, why I mean, an have, autism-friendly premiere would be great. Have You could have autism premiere and autism-friendly events as well but i'm talking more about like the lights and stuff yeah yeah i know and i think things like that um means that everybody can access everything at the same time but i think there are certain areas i've been to the cinema so many times with jamie and had so many funny looks and tuts and whilst it's it's not nice sometimes i can't understand it no yeah i fully agree <clears throat> like we went to see sonic and Jamie's going absolutely 10 to the dozen with all these sonic facts. And I'm like, shh, shh. And I know she's excited and I know it's really nice to see, but I'm pretty sure that some of the people around us were like, just shut up, kid. Yeah. Yeah. So listening to this, for, for me, and maybe I'm misunderstanding the whole thing, so correct me if I'm wrong, but for me it's almost like the knowledge has to be there before we can have awareness and acceptance. Uh, Not really. So... In my opinion, it kind of goes the awareness of these people exist and this is what they need. And Mm -hmm. the acceptance is, okay, this is what you need, so we'll give it to you in a limited space. Yeah. And then the knowledge is, okay, you're, um, this isn't the right word to use, but I think you'll get what I mean. You're a fully integrated member of society. So, yes. you know, yeah. you know that meme, have you seen it? The one with the gate, with the people standing on the boxes? Yes. So, the first one is they can't see. The second one, he's higher on the higher on the box. The third one is see-through fence. There's actually yes. a fourth panel that doesn't have a fence at all. Yes. That's knowledge. Yes. No, that makes sense. Which really is, is kind of turning the way everybody thinks completely on its head yep yeah which is incredibly challenging way thing to do in society and to access and influence the people that can make these differences and i think the thing is right the shall i call it a civil rights movement i guess i'll call it a civil rights movement if you consider autism autistic rights civil rights movement the Mm -hmm. actual movement with the people's voices 
the autistic voices being added into the conversation is still quite new. Yeah. Like, it's not even 50 years old. Yeah. So, like, it seems a long way off because it probably is a long way off. Yes. Like, yeah, so what what can be done to accelerate it? What could, you know, every autistic person or every person out there that has a good knowledge and understanding of it, what could we do to make that difference? Well, I think we, I think like Chewy Gem and stuff, we do quite a lot already. It's just yeah. carrying on what we're doing. And I think the one thing that kind of hurts the community is the, and I know Lorraine will agree with this, the inarguments about things that matter to us. But so like, for example, has autism versus autistic person. It matters to every, and I'm going to use the word I prefer, autistic person. But if you're trying to educate neurotypical people, where the only thing they they know about autistic people is that they have autism, and you're trying to change the wording when that's the only thing they know about, you're kind of coming up against brick walls. You're kind of jumping loads of steps. Yes. Like, yeah. and I know you, I know people do that because to them it's their everyday lives, but people might not know anything about autism. So first yeah. you have to explain everything and then go, and we prefer this language to that language. I also mm-hmm. think that, um, you know, the, the meme that goes around, if you've met one autistic person, you've met one autistic person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same as one autistic person likes something one way. They can't speak for every autistic person. Exactly. Because everybody has their own views and their own opinions. Yes. Yeah, um, and yeah, that's definitely a frustration that we see in our community. And it is quite frustrating because those those kind of arguments just don't move things forward. No. There's I no mean, it's similar in a way, like become part of both communities. It's similar in the way to like the LGBT community. Because, for example, um, you have the, you know on TV when you have a lesbian character and most of the time they're butch and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. That's a stereotype, but, like, not, I know plenty of lesbians that aren't like that. And it's kind of a sort of similar thing is that the awareness about it, you have to kind of go, this is my reality. It might not be this person's reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's hard for people to do, isn't it? Yeah, really hard for people to and do. I think everyone... there'll always be stereotypes. Like there'll always be the um, on TV, and I think this should change. Just one thing we can change is the savant autistic character on TV. Yeah. But there'll always be that character, and it will always be on TV, and it's always going to be a stereotype. Thanks to like, um, thanks to Rain Man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's take a break and then we can explore a bit more about what we can do um, to improve knowledge. Okay. Back in a minute. Chewy Gem sweepstakes are here. Each day we will be adding a product to our mystery box sweepstakes. Every Friday you could win five products worth over £50. Purchase anything off our website for your chance to win chewygem.co.uk 
Now back to the podcast. Okay, welcome back. So yeah, that's that's been very, very interesting. It's kind of, we've spoken about this a lot and I feel like the penny is just beginning to click or drop for me um, in terms of how it all fits together and, and yeah, it just makes an awful lot of sense. Um, but I think I think it's it's how we and we were talking about, you know, what we can do to make a difference. And here at Chewy Gem we do an awful lot to try and educate people and improve knowledge and encourage open conversations about things. Um, but if I'm somebody listening to this, what are the kind of day-to-day practical things that you could do that they could do? so that we're all little soldiers who collectively make a bigger difference as time goes on. It's hard. Like, if you want to do something, I guess. I think what works a lot on Facebook as well is if you have a lot of neurotypical friends, because I did this when I first came out as asexual, was I posted a lot of asexual memes, but I posted funny ones, Mm -hmm. because people are going to be more open to comedy than they are serious memes mm-hmm. so i did that and um that opened up a lot of conversation and questions but did it in a non kind of in a non-threatening way where people were like okay i can talk to you about this yeah yeah i've never posted on my personal profile that i'm autistic but you don't really need to. You just need to post the memes about it. That's what I was going to say. I've posted loads of memes and articles and things that I think people will get that I am. I've just I've never had the conversation. Once I got diagnosed, other than close friends and family, I've never said to anybody, oh, I've been diagnosed as autistic. Hmm. I just kind of share more of the things. Where Yeah, that's interesting. It's the whole... It's the whole kind of thing that if someone can laugh at themselves, if someone can take the mickey out of themselves a bit and have a sense of humour about anything, whether whether it's, you know, some form of diagnosis or just anything, um, it, it does almost give permission. It kind of gives permission to other people to join in that and have a bit of a laugh with it. Does that make sense? And most yeah. people, there'll be people who will be disrespectful and put them in their place. But mm-hmm. most people will just... Be like, oh, that was a funny meme. Do you want to explain stuff to me? Mm-hmm. So, like, I always post. You know how people post the um, post the picky eater things. Mm-hmm. Have you seen them where you put like a tick next all the ones that you don't eat? Yeah, I always yeah. do that, and I'm always the person with the most. And then people ask me about it, and we have a laugh about it. Yeah, and it's stuff like that. And I think that's the kind of best way to kind of um give the public an easy entry into autism awareness yeah and an easy entry into the conversations but in order to do that you've got to have had your own acceptance about it so you you mentioned coming out as asexual so when when you did that prior to doing that you must have got to the point where you were like i'm completely comfy in my own skin about this and i'm happy i've always been completely comfy in my own skin though (laughs) okay like i'm a bit like jamie like that kind of stuff really doesn't bother me I am who I am, people deal with it. Yeah, but there will be people who have maybe had to come to terms with something. Yeah. And, you know, that they they thought they were one person and they discover they're someone else. And most people that we know who do go through 
um, a diagnosis later in life actually find it a big relief and it helps them understand everything etc etc but before you can then publicly start putting out funny memes you have to kind of be comfy first I think yeah, yeah. but what I meant was I don't have any tips on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're, you're not like that which is awesome I would love some tips on how to be like that I have no idea <laughs> I, think it's helpful. I think it's helpful to see people on the TV mm-hmm. but portrayed well yeah um, like um again atypical i know that it's not everyone's reality but yeah like i think in particular on hollyoaks um brooke who is played by um oh gosh we met her at the national diversity awards oh yeah 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 um carrie daughter um oh gosh i can't think of her name but her character in hollyoaks i find really really good because they've got an autistic person playing an autistic character, and yeah. they've got her, they've got her perfect. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That they, they they take into account sensory issues and everything. It's just I I really like that character. I think yeah. also like that's an another stage of um, like autism knowledge is getting actual autistic people to play autistic people on TV. Yeah. Yeah, I think this, like that that would make a big step. Yeah, yeah. just finding autistic actors. I know, but yeah, I mean, I had a conversation with my husband, right? What, people get upset if an autistic person doesn't play an autistic character, but actors are actors. Yeah. So actors should be able to play any part. No, I fully yeah. agree, and I don't have a problem with neurotypical people playing autistic actors, but. <laughs> I do think that, um, again, if there's an autistic person playing an autistic character, they have the unique insight into that character. Oh, definitely, and that's why I think it works so well on Hollyoaks. Yeah. So, because, um, like, I don't I have a problem with it. I just think that the character probably ends up being a better character for it. Yeah. I think um, she actually gives input to the show on how things feel for her, so they add that into the script and things, which I think is incredible. Yeah. Because I think a lot of programmes are trying to do it. Like EastEnders, they've got little Ollie who's diagnosed as autistic, and then following on from that, his mother's become an alcoholic. And I I can kind of see that. You know, it makes a lot of sense. I just don't think it's done all that Well. well. Yeah, and again, it's difficult because you're, you know, exactly what you said about that meme, if you've met one autistic person, you've met one autistic person. So it's, you know, one you, you relate to the Hollyoaks character very well, mm-hmm. but it's probably relatable to your version of autism. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that's what it is. And I think mm-hmm. EastEnders, probably a lot of people's children will be very similar to little Ollie, so they will notice a lot of things in Ollie. And mm-hmm. with, the, with the mother being an alcoholic, I can relate to her because it's hard and I definitely drink more than I should. So I can mm-hmm. see why they've done that plot. Yes. Can I just say yeah. something I just thought of as well? Mm-hmm. Flipping that on its head for autistic people. If you've met one neurotypical person, you met one neurotypical person and not everyone's going to have the same awareness as that one neurotypical person. 
when when you're yeah. talking to them about which goes back to the whole thing I was saying about the wording being mad at one person because they get the wording wrong and trying to correct them is it will work with some people who have more knowledge than other people. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly it. I think that if we're gonna, I don't like the idea of the them and us society at all. Yeah. You know, sometimes we talk about our community, and whilst I I agree with that to a point, I also don't agree with it because. It, it, I think you're spot on, Joel. One person, it, neurotypical or autistic, if you've met one person, you've met one person. Yeah. Everybody is different. Yeah. But, I you mean, know? the thing is, in an ideal world, we wouldn't need... Um, in an ideal world, we wouldn't need us and them, but at the moment, the way that the world works is kind of linear. So mm-hmm. I think it helps society to run to have a nurse in them like it helps society to run to work in small groups i was reading this yes. in um sapiens have you read it no so it's a book it's the history of the world and they talk about how um back when the in the stone age and stuff and back when they were hunter gatherers they would have societies mm-hmm. of a hundred people and that's the max that um, that's the max that small societies can work, which is why now we have us and them communities, because it helps us identify and work in a society. That makes a lot of sense. Because um, yeah, society runs, unfortunately, on stuff like um, gossip and hearsay and he's done this and she's done that. And you can only mm-hmm. do that with 100 people. You It kind of folds apart with more than 100 people. Yeah, Which is... I even think quite a lot. Pardon? I even think a hundred's quite a lot, but yeah. That's that's I, the I max even... that it works. That's why um, society splits people into us and them. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's more manageable, isn't it? And I, th- yeah. I think communities are nice places because when you don't fit in and then you find somewhere where you do fit in. Exactly. Yes, don't... Get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not dissing our community. I'm just saying, in an, in a utopian, idealistic world, it would be nice if people could just be people, when we all appreciate and accept that everyone is just a person, and that's it. There is no other thing to be had. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, but, have uh, you seen the flat flat Earth thing on Netflix? No. No. Right. So there's a it's like a documentary type thing about the flat Earth, um, and the group, and we watched it, and I don't believe that the earth's flat but mm. all these people i believe the earth's flat they've got their own little community and when they all get together they're so happy yeah and whilst i don't agree that the earth's flat i think that's just really nice that they've all got each other yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> this is going to be a bit controversial but it's the same with scientology and things mm-hmm. i don't believe in some of the things that these people do like if you don't want to be in it you should be allowed to leave but if you're happy in it and religion, religion makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Then you know everybody needs to find their own place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Cool. Well, I I think we've gone very deep and meaningful today. But we didn't <laughs> have any um, we didn't have any truck things, which made me disappointed. But I know. No, but you the can do that one. image. You can make that image about the the um the people. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be cool. Well, it already exists. I just have to find it. 
Yeah, but then you yeah. need to add the knowledge with the no offence bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Definitely. Right, well, I, I think we've pretty much covered it. Hopefully everyone's found the last few episodes interesting and thought-provoking. And I, I think, in summary, it's about making sure that our voices are heard and that conversations are had in a respectful manner so that that acceptance, awareness and knowledge just improves on a constant moving forward conveyor belt because it feels like there is no end point because the world is forever changing and evolving and there is no end point but we've just got to push it forward all the time. Yeah, I think this is probably the best way to end it. There isn't an end point but there's a point where everyone will be happy with the acceptance, awareness and knowledge where it's at. Yes. Like, there'll be a point where everyone will go, we can push it forward, but we're no longer struggling. And I think that's the aim. Yeah, and I wonder, actually, is that what the LGBT... Are are the LGBT community there? I think... um, Yes and no. It's kind of harder with the LGBT community because there's so many um, parts of it. Mm-hmm. Like, for general, so I'll say LGB, I'll say L and B, probably. Sorry, L and mm-hmm. B, probably. And then the B and T and the rest of the letters are still struggling. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah, that's the main ones, yes, and then like the inverted commas fringe groups are still struggling. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I think what we can take from that is that whilst there is no end point, exactly what you've said, there's a point where those communities feel they have their place and they're respected and accepted in society and they can access things equally and without prejudice. And the encouraging thing is the LGP, the LG part of the LGBT has proven to us that it is possible. Yep. I think that's kind of where autism activism wants to get to. I don't yes. think the utopia will ever happen. But if we can get no. to the point where we're like, okay, we don't have to struggle, that's good enough for now. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Great. So everybody out there, keep having conversations. Be respectful of people who don't know stuff, but, you know, just just have the conversations. And all of us combined doing that will help keep us moving forward. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. See you next season. Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never 
never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available, why not hit subscribe? And that way you'll never miss us. Finally, if you're not already a member of our fantastic Facebook support group, I suggest you go join it. We'd love to see you in there. There's loads of fantastic chat, lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you. So go and search on Facebook for the Chewy Gem Sensory Support Group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes. Speak to you then. Bye.